0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Uh, kind of a different type show today because I did two really good segments with Brad Moder from uh, Locked On Rams, and that's how we'll conclude the show. But I, there was a couple Twitter questions that came in late yesterday that I just wanted to throw out there to start the show. and um, Spread the word. Of course, you should be listening to Locked On Rams, Locked On Patriots, Locked On NFL. Locked On NFL Draft is big, the draft dudes, but all your favorite teams as well. Um, Nick Fox asks, at what point does Goff surpass Wentz on value considering Carson Wentz's injury history? So far, the nod has to go to Goff, right? Considering the best availab- best, best abilities availability. I can't argue that. But Wentz was a was going to win the MVP last year. And to me, this year, he was not healthy from day one. And I know I'm making excuses for him because I love him. And yeah, that's, uh, that is happening right now. I can't deny that. And the health thing is massive. And I was really impressed with Golf last week, too. So I sound like a Golf hater at times, but I'm not. And I'm... Very much coming around that he's going to be a top-tier quarterback. But Wentz, to me, is a better chance to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I would still take Wentz. And no matter what happens on Sunday. I mean, getting a Super Bowl is great. I hope he wins. You know for, for all those things, that's great. Doesn't mean that he's better than Wentz all of a sudden. When they're both out there and healthy, I still think Wentz is clearly the better player. Although I understand that Wentz's season was far from great. I get that. I just think we've seen what he's capable of and we're going to see more of that. So, I still go with Wentz. Um, Also asked by... What's his name on that one? Rick Jarvis asked, would I ever take another job in pro or college football? um, What would be a larger factor in your decision? The role itself or the team and location? Well, to be honest, I mean, I am looking for writing work as we speak and... Uh, I miss being with teams. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of value and camaraderie and game day and knowing the players and all those type of things. But I think that ship has sailed, to be honest with you. My wife has a good job here in Pittsburgh. All my extended family's in the area. Um, I guess if the Steelers came calling, I would consider it. I know I'd consider it, but um, I see my, f- my family and my kids a lot more being in the media. I work from home. I work on my schedule and I've gotten awfully used to it because it's really been 15 years or so since I've been with a team. So it's not that I wouldn't consider it, but I'm not actively pursuing that. And I really like what I've been doing to be honest with you. Um, last question here, and then we'll take a quick break. Matt Phillips asks with Washington's quarterback situation being as bad as it, can, it being as bad as can be, what do you think they do to address the situation? Financially, what can they afford to do? This is awful. I mean, it rivals Jacksonville to me as the worst quarterback situation in the league. I don't think Alex Smith will play next, week, next year at all. I don't know that. I am not an injury expert, but it certainly sounds like every report is leaning that way. He may never play again. There's nobody resembling a prospect on the roster. I would, And they don't have a lot of money. I'm going to ask Case Keenum tomorrow about Bridgewater, Flacco, Tannehill, Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Nick Foles. There is, what, seven of those guys that I think have a very good chance to change teams, maybe not Brissett, that could be starters. And speaking of Brissett, that's what I do. I mean, if I were them, I'd trade for Brissett right now. But taking him out of the equation... I wonder if it's an RG3 situation where you trade up for Haskins or Murray or somebody like that. I'm not impressed enough with the other dudes that were at the Senior Bowl. And you also bring in a Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's sticky. It's hairy. It's nasty. I don't think you can count on Smith at all. It's one. It might be the least enviable quarterback situation in the entire league right now. So... I wish I had a better answer for it, you Redskins fans, but it's bad. It's really bad. All right, folks, I want to tell you about a new sponsor to the show, but one I've been familiar with for quite a while there, NFL Nation, and that is Lo-K-E. So you need a little extra swag for game day, get it, you know, for the Super Bowl coming up. Low ke has your back with a brand-new game day collection. If you haven't heard that name before, well, now you have. This company is amazing, and me personally, I've been rocking their bracelets for a few years now, as was my wife, and it's a bracelet with an amazing message and also supports incredible causes. The low bracelet comes in your team's colors, you know, if you want black and gold, whatever, your choice, you know, and holds water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to stay balanced during life's highs and lows. Pretty cool. <clears throat> and no joke, I've been wearing the same one on my wrist now for over three years, as has my wife. We both picked these up a while back. It's an awesome message, which personally helps me you know, focus during the good and challenging times of my life. Since Low K.E. is friends of the show and they are offering you an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day collection bracelets... You got to do it. You know, guys, trust me. I've been a fan of theirs for years. This is the best deal. So use my promo code LOCKEDON25, all one word, 25, when checking out. And boom, you can thank me later, man. So go to L-O-K-A-I.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON25. Again, that's L-O-K-A-I.com with my promo code LOCKEDON25 to take advantage of this outstanding deal.
0: All right, Rams Nation, we are back again. This is the Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams. We've got an awesome guest with us today. Matt Williamson of Lockdown NFL is joining us. If you haven't checked out his podcast, you got to go do that now. It's on the Lockdown Network, covers all NFL topics. It's a great podcast. He has amazing weekly guest as well. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you? It's Super Bowl week, brother. How are you? Uh- I oh bet you're my. pretty wound up.
0: Yeah, pretty wound up is, is, is an <laughs> understatement. Uh, last week was painful. This week is now just the anxiety and the angst really starting to kick in. And obviously, we've had some media day that I covered in the first segment that we're going to talk about. But uh, everyone is getting down, and they are getting ready for the big game. And And it's only a few days away, which is super exciting. And I think I just want to come right out the gate and talk to you. Um, what do you think the biggest storyline for you coming into this? Because there's a lot, right? There's Tom Brady versus the secondary. There's uh, old versus young. There is you know, coming down to Atlanta, return for McVay. There's a bunch of storylines. What for you is kind of the biggest storyline in this game that you think will have a big factor on the outcome?
1: Um, the storyline I would go with, which I, I don't think is an X's and O's thing or will affect the outcome. Well, it might. But I do think there's what you touched on is can the young guard keep up with the massive incumbents and can they knock off Goliath? And, you know, the, the, these franchises are so different over the last 10 years and finally things are skyrocketing upward for the Rams or the Patriots have been uh, obviously the kings of the league for a long time. Um, and I wonder, you know, how does, how does that affect it on the field? I mean, in terms of... Crunch time, if this comes down to a last-minute play, or what worries me more from a Rams perspective, and we saw this with both these teams last week, was how do they start the game? You know, really, both teams on the road, really nasty environments. One of them handled it extremely well in the first quarter or so, and the Rams didn't. And you would think there'll be a lot more butterflies for L.A.,
0: yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Coming out of the gate is going to be important for us because we really didn't do it even in our first playoff game against Dallas. You know, they went up on us uh, right away and we kind of fought back into that and kind of put some points in consecutive fashion back up to take the lead. But yeah, starting hot is going to be big, obviously on a neutral site. Um, you know, that, that no real home field advantage, you should say. I mean, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow this game and see who the crowd does start to go for. Uh, even watching that 2001 um Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams and they were talking about how earlier it was all Ram support and then near the end as the game started going it's they started going and getting excited about the game it's interesting um, you know kind of factor that you have playing on this you know neutral site here and I guess kind of one little question to go with that is talking about the experience you know, of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they're kind of playing this underdog role, you know, at their uh, press conference before, you know, their send off, it was, you know, Tom Brady chanting, we're still here. Uh, (laughs) Do you buy into this underdog thing they're trying to play? And and will it have, you know, will it play into their role in the game?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so odd to call, like I said, the big bad wolf, the underdog. And (laughs) Vegas doesn't seem to think that they are quite as much as everyone originally thought um i'm not buying that at all i mean any motivation is great i I know brady's the ultimate competitor and he's probably looking for any angle he can possibly get and him and belichick have a great pulse of their team and if they think the young dudes on the team will respond better to thinking they're the dog then great you know we saw the eagles make that run last year with the same same mentality but i don't think brady's looking at it like "Hmm, boy i hope i can keep up with these guys (laughs)
0: <laughs> right right and I, I, I do love I love the try right you know you love the, yeah, the, the right. old wily vet trying to you know dig up something to get them going and off and running but you know as we kind of keep on the side of Tom Brady and that offense uh you know looking at you know even listening to your podcast over the last week you know you talked about the Rams and what they do best which is interior pressure with Aaron Donalds and Domkin Sue's been playing out of his mind how do you see that matchup really playing out through the game that that D-line of the Rams versus the O-line of, um, you know, the New England Patriots, how do you see that playing into the game and, and how the Rams can take advantage of that?
1: Yeah, uh, that might be the biggest thing because, hey, I'm a pit guy. Aaron Donald went to high school close by. I mean, I'm the biggest Aaron Donald supporter you'll ever find. He's clearly the best defensive player in the league. So you would think on paper that that's exactly the last type of team, and then you throw Sue in, and Brockers is no joke either the last type of team that Brady would want to see. And I do think that's true. Don't get me wrong. But the Patriots lately have just found their stride in protection, in getting the ball out, in neutralizing Chris Jones and Bosa and Houston and Ford and every star they run into they have not let beat them. So I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to spend two weeks saying, okay, if Michael Brockers gets a sack or two, they're not going to let Donald beat them. I know that as a fact, but is he great enough to do it anyways? You know what I mean? He might be. I mean, if anyone in the league can overcome the schematic favoring his way, I would think it's Donald and we've seen, Sue step up in the last couple of weeks too, and I would imagine he'll bring his A game. But Brady hasn't taken a sack in the postseason, despite you know playing a lot of snaps thus far, and I think he has five since their week eleven bye. Like it just comes out too quick.
0: Right, right, and that's the number one thing everyone is always you know, harping on in the quarterback room is, you know, get the ball out under two seconds. And if you can do that, 2.5, sure. I think, is the magical number for for most quarterbacks. And they've been doing a really good job. I think where Aaron Donald, you've even seen in his stats, a lot of his, his big plays come in that fourth quarter. And I think it just goes with the kind of wearing down of a quarterback mentality, the offensive line. He's getting there faster. He's trying to push the ball down the field further. But, again, this is Tom Brady, not your average quarterback. So, hopefully, you know, that's something that can play a part and maybe – um, you know, we'll see how that kind of plays out. And I guess with that, you know, kind of the last question for... Real quick, I just want
1: to throw one th- thing at yeah, you. Yeah, go, go ahead. You mentioned the wearing down factor, and I do think that's important because it's very much part of what the Patriots do to teams nowadays. I mean, you look at the Chiefs in in overtime. They were done. You know, it was, you know, you got big physical offensive line, fullbacks, Gronkowski's like an extra tackle. They wear defenses down and slow pass rushes as, as the game goes on
0: right and that's why Aaron Donald's going to need some help because i think he's the yeah. one guy on that d-line that in a weird way one guy in the nfl that just doesn't seem to wear down he actually goes the other way he kind of cranks it up right, right. further in the fourth quarter but he's going to need more than just him cuz you talked about it the patriots can do things to uh you know kind of slow him down double team him triple team him at times send a running back to chip him you know so they're going to need some other guys to really step in and keep that same energy with him because you know, like you said, maybe he's able to do it by himself and just kind of blow all our minds with his talent. Uh, but he's going to need some help, and that's going to come from guys, like you said, Brockers and Sue and even Fowler off the edge, going to mm-hmm. help create some pressure for Tom Brady to kind of get it off faster. If you look back to that AFC championship game last year, Fowler had two sacks, I believe a strip in that game or, or caused an interception. Uh, so he kind of knows, you know, playing Tom Brady pretty well. He's got a history with got him. a lot sure to play for. Yeah, a lot to play for. Exactly. Right. So. Um, you know, kind of to wrap it up with the, with the offense on, on Tom Brady's side here, as far as looking at this, a bigger threat to the Rams, do you think it's the Patriots run game or the
1: Patriots pass game run game, but they're the definition of balance too. You know, like I thought Kansas city just didn't have an answer. Like you would see heavier personnel come out there and, then Brady would, would throw it to Edelman or white or Gronk or whoever. And when any time they'd go lighter, they got beat up with a physical line, like we talked about. Um, so I do think it's a run game just because I think the Rams are better against the pass than the run. Although they'd look pretty good against the run against Dallas. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think a key in that regard that Belichick will try to do is keep the Rams in base personnel on defense. and, Therefore, you're going to see a lot of Devlin, as you always do. He plays almost 50% of the snaps. But I think they'll live out of 21, 12 personnel and keep the Rams in their base. And why I say that is because I think that their linebackers can be exposed a little bit, especially in the middle of the field. And I think you could possibly wear them down with that heavier personnel. But I think Wade Phillips' blitz packages aren't nearly as effective either out of base.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think uh, us here in Rams Nation are always begging for Wade. He's, you know, you always talk about him at the halftime as this mastermind of making adjustments and coming out stronger. We saw the Rams play a lot better in the second half of games than they did in the first half of games, but mm-hmm. we we've kind of been begging for more of those blitz packages, something a little more creative to throw some of these people off. It's not really his style. He does like putting people in position to make plays. And he does trust on you know guys up front to make a lot of the noise. So uh, I do I do agree with you there. The run D is going to be interesting. Obviously, we've only allowed 49 yards uh, rushing per game in the playoffs. But this is a team that allowed five yards of rush in the regular season. So it's kind of who's going to show up. Hopefully, it's a team that has kind of been more steady in the playoffs here against the rush. But again, you talked about the way that the Patriots can counter that. Uh, in their personnel. And then they also have three backs. You know, they've got Sony Michelle, who is more your ground and pound. They've also got. White, who's back there, who they run with occasionally, but mostly use them as a pass catcher. Uh, And then Burkhardt is, you know, obviously in the last game was a big part of finishing off some of those drives. And he has a little bit of both of that. So uh, I think the Rams is also going to have to really try to, you know, one, figure out who's back there and two try to really play to the tendencies of what they know and not get caught up, though, in just going, oh, it's white. It's going to be a pass now. And, And kind of, you know, falling into that trap that Bill Belichick's probably been setting this up all year for this moment to kind of come and throw that last minute thing in. So um, good stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to get a couple breaks. Uh, we're going to get a couple words from some of our sponsors. We we'll right back,
1: folks, as you know, the NFL playoffs are here and it's time to get into the action with my bookie. I've been telling you about these guys forever. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching game after game. Not this year, man. The 53rd Super Bowl is right around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. There's no doubt about that. There's so much to bet on at MyBookie right now, too. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service. And they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Go check them out for yourself. Like I said, they got hockey, they got basketball, college basketball, all kinds of great stuff to bet on. So what you do is you join now and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the bowl season. Again, that's free money, folks. Use our promo code LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25, LOCKEDON25, all one word. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
0: All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. We have got a special guest, Matt Williamson, on from Lockdown NFL. Guys, you got to go check him out. He puts up amazing content, has awesome guests. You can find him on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL, posting all his shows up there as well. So uh, we appreciate Matt joining us. And as we kind of flipped to the other side of the ball, we start talking about, uh, you know, we kind of were talking about inexperience versus experience. Well, now looking at the inexperience side of it, uh, you know, Jared Goff, one of the youngest quarterbacks to make it to the NFL. I think he's the youngest quarterback to win an NFC championship game. If Sean McVay wins this game, youngest coach to ever win the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, Looking at this and how they've game planned all year, and it almost was Todd Gurley and nobody else, and then all of a sudden, like we've been talking lately as we've had chats, C.J. Anderson uh, has really come into the mix. If you think about this coming into the game, who do you think is going to have more overall touches? So not just runs, but overall touches, C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley?
1: I think girly, but maybe I'm operating under the assumption that the week off helps and that he really is healthier than he, he's looked. Um, they did, for those, I mean, your, your audience might not know this, but mine, or might know this, but mine doesn't. They played about the equal amount of snaps. They didn't get equal touches, but they were on the field about the same amount. Um, that indicates that maybe he is, you know, somewhat healthy, but uh, To play Anderson over him, to me, and Gurley never made a stink about it, makes me think that he is hurting, and it's going to come out after the season that Gurley got a scope or something, you know, that he was playing through something all along. But it is a week off, and I think that could help a guy like Gurley and some of the older dudes like Gronk as well. I'm going to go with Gurley, but I don't feel strongly about it because I really hate guessing about medical.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: with you, and I, I think he's a
0: little bit healthier than I think everyone else thinks he is. I really, honestly think he just played pretty crappy. And C.J. Mm-hmm. Anderson, the way that he was just cutting and moving upfield compared to Todd Gurley, and his only his four carries, but uh, it kind of seemed to be a little dancey. You know, he missed the first couple uh, p- passes thrown his way. One went for an interception. And you talked about that the the snap count. Uh, It was percentage-wise, they were only a few points apart, but Todd Gurley only played 32 of 67 snaps. That's the lowest snap total in the Sean McVay era with Todd Gurley. Only two years of data there, but still to kind of look at it, in the biggest game out there, he played the least amount of snaps he's ever done. So I expect a heavier dose. I think Sean McVay's talked about it throughout the week about how I've got to get him the ball. He can't make plays for us if he only has four touches. I think it's an interesting kind of, over-under look at that between those two because I think they do want to keep pounding C.J. Anderson because he can wear down that defense kind of like we were talking on the other side of the ball. He's a big guy to tackle. I mean, that's a bowling ball you're trying to bring to the ground. So he falls forward two yards every time. So I will will kind of expect a big mix, but I would hope that Todd Gurley, being that he just got this massive contract, being that he is the face of the franchise, and being that he had a great season until he did get kind of banged up, that he's kind of earned the right to to kind of carry the ball and, and you know, have that chance to, you know, go for a Super Bowl MVP if all things fall into place. So uh, another thing that kind of, you know, I'm curious about... i will click on that before we yeah, go but, forward.
1: I just want to mention, I do think there is something to running backs with fresh legs late in the year. You know, he hardly got used at all in Carolina. Um, you, you see that every year, that somebody that's a good player has fresher legs than his counterparts. I think there's something to be said to that. But I also think that attacking from that position. I just think you need more receiving skills, which lends itself more to Gurley, especially in this matchup. I think he could do well against those linebackers as a pass catcher.
0: Oh, I totally agree. And and you talk about coming out of the backfield catching, you know, Jared Goff in this game. He's used them all year long on kind of those quick dump offs. Let me throw it three yards and you take it 10. I think in a big game like this where, you know, they may be trying to put some extra pressure on Jared being the first time in a Super Bowl, try to throw him some different looks. He's going to need as many safety outlets as possible, whether that's Higby or Everett or Todd Gurley. But those quick passes are going to be important for him, too. So I definitely agree with that as far as getting him in there, and I'd like to see him and C.J. Anderson worked in the same huddle together, you know, come in and really...
1: Hey, two if, weeks to figure it out.
0: Exactly. Bill Belichick's got to figure out, you know, we've never seen, there's there's absolutely no tape on them working together, so obviously, you know, football, and you can kind of put together some stuff on the fly, but you never seen it from the Rams, so I would love for, you know, like you said, two weeks he's had to kind of game plan this. Hopefully, we see a couple wrinkles in that offense, work them in together, and then all also in and out of a drive. I, I saw in that that playoff game for the Rams that they would just go with a CJ Anderson for a drive, but it was 10 plays and Todd Gurley just sat there getting cold on the sideline. I'd like to see him kind of mix them in and out during the drive and not so much kind of say, Hey, this is CJ's drive. That's Todd's drive. I think that's also where Todd kind of missed out on some opportunities is it kind of seemed like it was CJ's drive, but just happened to be the longer drives uh, in that second half. So uh, we'll see how they can kind of mix that up. And as we kind of talked about the experience factor I'm going to kind of hit you with a true or false, and I want you to kind of talk to me about what your thought, thoughts are about it. Uh, true or false, inexperience on the Rams side will play a factor in this game.
1: True, and I think it could be – I think they'll end up playing from behind early in the game, and that will be hard to overcome.
0: Okay, fair enough. And I, Yeah, it's always going to be interesting to see kind of how these guys play, and I think I love – people always talk about Jared Goff, and I talk about it too as he's kind of a – It's kind of a boring interview. He's kind of not a very fun press conference from Jared Jared Goff. And when he gets a big touchdown, there's not a bunch of emotion. When he throws a big interception, not a bunch of emotion. But that kind of lends you know, to this type of game that he's not going to get overly excited or overly down. Even looking back at that NFC championship game, when you talked about as we're down 13 nothing and he's, you know, kind of just said, all right, well, let's just let's just go. And, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of energy in that huddle, but that's why we have a lot of those (laughs) other veteran guys to kind of get it going. But him being able to kind of keep calm, I think will lend uh, in his inexperience to this. And then I guess, you know, we, we always talk about the cliche of three phases of football. If you if you start to look at that third phase, and we've talked offense, talked defense, third phase of football, special teams, where do you think, who gets the edge in that, and what could be, you know, kind of play a part as, as a big factor in this game?
1: Yeah, I think special teams is important because these are two of the top teams in terms of stressing it year after year. I always tell my listeners, I don't watch special teams tape. I don't have that kind of time, but I defer to football outsiders. And they always say the Ravens and the Patriots are always at the top of the league year after year. And they're the only two teams that qualify for that. Although this has been a down year for the Patriots in that regard. And I do think the Rams are always very good in that regard, too. Two excellent specialists. I mean, two great kickers. Um, I would think... That Belichick doesn't fall for a fake punt, though. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I I don't think that flies in this situation. Um, But I do think the intangibles have to go to the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the fake punt, I think that's why it worked in the NFC Championship. I actually can't believe it worked in the NFC Championship game, to be honest. Right. Because
1: <laughs> right. this, I can't believe it still works. Right? At
0: this point, you know, Johnny Hecker, I think I saw, has uh, 12 completed passes in his career. 11 have gone for first downs, and a lot have come in the past three, four years. So I don't know why at a big game, big moment, maybe you wouldn't have a couple extra safety nets and, Uh, But, hey, you're right. I don't think it flies in this game. I think, you know, they kind of pulled that card last game to get here. Uh, Maybe it's a fake field goal this time. Johnny Hecker still is the holder. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I think special teams are important. Patriots have always been really good up there. The Rams have really hung their hat on it the past few years. You talked about those two amazing specialists, Greg Zerline. Obviously, one of the reasons we're here looking at his performances, uh, you know, in the playoffs and even in the regular season. And Johnny Hecker, I mean, he had actually – a one of his worst punts of the year was in a Dallas Cowboys game. But other than that, he's been pretty much on point and can kind of pull out that trick play. uh, Occasionally. I think what we will see in this game though, I bet we see Johnny Hecker run to the line and do a fake, fake, fake punt where he's going to try to draw you off sides. They do that (laughs) a lot when they've kind of set it up in previous games. So if maybe there's a way that we get someone to jump off sides, which Bill Belichick will then go livid. uh, But yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm with you. I don't think any uh, fake punts in this one. And then kind of to kind of wrap this up and and looking at both sides, uh, you know, the MVP talk is always in play here. So, you know, no rules on this as far as, you know, when you're kind of breaking this down, but maybe give me uh, an MVP candidate, maybe a dark horse, maybe one from each team, however you feel, uh, you know, see fit. But talk about maybe an MVP candidate coming out of this game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to reserve that for Friday because I think <laughs> it'll tell me to, tell too much of who I'm going to pick. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Do you have any dark horses? I mean, I, I think something that Belichick's really going to stress on, with his defense is, much like with Tyree Hill, we can't get beat over the top. We have to, if Gurley dinks and dunks us, and it, they have to sustain long drives. But if Cooks gets loose for one or two against his old team, Maybe he's a dark horse candidate. I also think he's really going to stress, you know, we have to be better against play action. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, that's a tough secondary. I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with Rams offensive sleepers outside of Cooks. Could it be a Donald? I mean, if it's Donald, that's who you want to be MVP. Right. right? right. <laughs> know yeah. You know what I mean? If Donald's MVP, then the our, our first topic and the most crucial thing to me went in the Rams favor.
0: Right, yeah, I think a couple of my dark horses, and I don't even know if it's really a dark horse. Excuse me, I don't know if it's really a dark horse since we just kind of talked about him being a part of the game plan. Uh, C.J. Anderson, if he ends up being the go-to running back in this game, punches in a couple from inside the one or two, and has two touchdowns, and the Rams win, uh, you know, he could find himself in in that dark horse category for MVP. And then on the defense side, the ball for the Rams, you know, there's guys. uh, One that I said even yesterday. Um, He's and I I was corrected here, but he's a plus (laughs) 10,000 as far as on on the odds. And that's Corey Littleton, um, you know, linebacker, a guy that stacks up a lot of tackles. So if he has a great game and puts up 10, 12, 15 tackles in this game and somehow picks off Tom Brady and, and makes some big closing statement. Uh, you can see a defensive player kind of come in if, it, if there hasn't been, you know, a Jared Goff going off or someone else kind of putting up big numbers. So I got him and then John Johnson, the third made the big interception in the NFC championship game. I think he's another guy that just like to and Peters, one of those guys that when they get in the ball in their hands, they could go six the other way. They are that talented athletically. Uh, so he is kind of another dark horse. He's a fan favorite out here and one that I've really enjoyed watching. So those would kind of be my two dark horses with maybe CJ being the you know the other quote unquote dark horse but um yeah it's it's pretty interesting that the I love all the my bookie um you know MVP and the prop bets and all that stuff we're going to talk about that further on on the show this week but MVP one is always fun cuz the odds are you know if you
1: get one of those random guys you get some pretty good odds I love the Littleton call because if they do get some interior pass rush and you know, a ball gets tipped. I mean, he may end up with the ball in his hands and you know that they're going to attack the middle of the field with Edelman and Gronk. If if he gets his hands on a ball or two, he's going to make tackles. I think that's a great call. I'll put a buck on that at those odds.
0: Yeah, for real. I mean, that gets you back a thousand bucks or whatever it ends up right, being I mean, it's sure. crazy. The the odds on some of those guys back, back there are pretty pretty high. So uh well, Matt, I appreciate it so much. Guys, make sure, guys. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, um, go check them out at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Locked on NFL is the podcast. Again, amazing hosts, amazing guests throughout the week. So check them out. I'll be on there hopefully for another victory Monday after the Super Bowl, talking about how <laughs> awesome these Rams were. Uh, but we'll be in touch. We'll talk throughout the off season and, uh, you know, I appreciate it and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. This was fun.